Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello everybody. Welcome back to the Des Bishop podcast. Another extra ep, I guess. I mean, trying to do as many as possible. I had said I'd be back yesterday, but in the end, a lot of stuff came up. And I did record, um, I did record some stuff about my mom's one-year anniversary of her death, which will be at the end of this episode. Um, but before that, I had a great chat with Stephen Mullen um, via the phone with our recording technique, and uh, we chatted about a few things. First, just how he's been sort of dealing with his daughter, asking a lot of questions about what's going on in the world. We also chatted about what was the moment that made it realize how serious it was for you, because I had put that out on my Instagram and got a huge response, actually. A lot of emotional responses. So I share some of them. We chat about that. Uh, We talk about the complexity of giving Liverpool the title without having played another match. And uh, just some general, well, we try to have some general crack about what's going on. Oh, yeah, we also do talk a little bit about comedy. We have a bit of a comedy discussion, um, you know, just about uh, looking at our own material and sort of analyzing how we evolve as comedians, uh, which was uh, brought up a little bit by the fact that I've been going back over my old repertoire, looking for stuff to put online to keep everybody entertained throughout all this madness. And uh, I get quite frustrated when I look at the material from my my younger years. But anyway, uh, oh yeah, we start the conversation actually t- by talking about how great it is that we can do this bloody podcast and the, the, how great the technology is nowadays that makes it possible. And I sort of reminisce about a time where the thought of having your own radio station was, uh, was quite revolutionary. And uh, we talk a little bit about Radio Friendly down in Cork. Anyway, it's a fun app. Uh, if you just want to hear about me chatting about my mom being dead for one year, you can go right to the end, but I don't suggest you do that because we have fun in the interim. So enjoy, and uh, I'll talk to you at the end of the year. Well, welcome back to the podcast. we got Steve Mullen here with us. Hello, everyone. So we were actually just talking about the fact that, you know, doing stuff remotely now is, is, is not fancy. It's literally the entire world of media is doing it. Yeah, it's uh, it's. It's quite, kind of crazy watching Sky News and everything is like FaceTime. It is amazing that we can do it as well, but like, and it depends on the quality of the phone that somebody has as well. You can tell if someone's got the iPhone 11 or the or a Samsung. I, know, you know? Right. I was watching Anderson Cooper last night. He did his whole show from his like library in his gaff. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the entire show, like he was leading the show, you know, with his headphones in from his computer. They have this Cisco WebEx. Right. And uh, I was thinking like, Jesus, if, you know. I I am going to Google it today. I'm going to Google, you know how to, you know how to maybe set this up a little bit better than the way that we do it for for our listeners that uh, haven't heard me explain this on the shift. So Steve is on face myself and Steve are FaceTiming, and but we're also recording into both of us have a Zoom H6 which records great quality sound. And then when we're done, Steve sends me his his file because obviously 
we have headphones in our phone, so there's no he when when he's recording, it's not recording my voice, and when I'm recording, I'm not recording his voice. Then I sync them up at home, but it's never perfect. You know, there's always a bit of shifting back and forth to make it all fit. So I bet you, I bet you that the technology is getting so much better that you can get good quality audio uh, while both of us are, you know, speaking at the same time. So it's recording it in real time rather than after the fact having to sync it up. It's pretty amazing. Like it's pretty amazing that we could even do this now. I know you do it, Katie, all the time, but like as I'm sure you guys all know, like Des is in New York and I'm in Dublin, so it's like we're still able to record high quality podcasts from the other side of the world. It's pretty cool. Yeah, the problem is the problem is that's what everybody's doing. It's like there's like. There's not even enough bandwidth to fucking keep Netflix going. YouTube have said that they're going to have to turn it down a bit. <laughs> yeah, they're all turn- they're all like, whoa, 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 ease up. So suddenly we're back to like 10 years ago quality, which yeah. at 10 years ago was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Do you ever get that where like, I don't know, like a tennis racket or a pair of sneakers or I don't know. Football what, what, boots, what, man. Football boots. Yeah, something where like... Yeah. You know the the cutting edge technology ten years ago, yeah, yeah and then yeah. obviously ten years passes, and then the thought of putting on those sneakers now, yeah, it's yeah. like no, oh god, this it's is crazy. so ten it's years not, ago. I I noticed it massively with football boots. The weight, it's always about the weight of the football boots. Now they're like feathers; you can barely feel them in your hand when you pick them up. But even just as far back as ten years ago, the weight of them in comparison, I can't imagine what the nineties were like. Yeah, so that's what we're doing now. We're going back to like ten years ago, internet. I know it's old school. God, I mean, I remember, I just remember in the early days, like, I remember the first time somebody, like, dropboxed me a, a file of, like, to, to view one of my shows. I think it was, like, Tongues or something. Right. I remember waiting, like, two hours for this fucking thing to download, but I was just like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, you know, yeah. Because when I started doing comedy, when I started doing comedy, when I started doing telly, I would get couriered a VHS. Wow. Uh, an edit, an edit an avid edit of the work experience for me to view, to give notes. Wow, Jesus. Different that, times. That, yeah, I know, but that, that that's my career. Like, that's within my career. Yeah. I would get it, you know, so there would be like avid, you know, like cut four. Desbit- I still have a few of them in, in the house in Rialto. Yeah. Then I would view them and then call somebody to give my notes. You know? Wow. That's amazing. Different times, bro. Yeah, Different yeah. Times, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, even... I mean, even like Radio Friendly was a pirate radio station in Cork in the 90s. And like they had like this flat on Blarney Street and they had this local, you know, thing, whatever it was, like a local transmitter that transmitted, you know, whatever within the Cork City confines. They were 104.6 FM. It was illegal, but nobody really cared. And what was it? Dance, like house music, dance music? It was all, yeah, it was all the the Henry's DJ. It was was mostly dance music and hip hop. Right. And it was all, it was very much the scene at the time, you know? But it wasn't like... You know the way in Dublin, then there was a couple of like, all right, you know, how's it going? Yeah, I said out the boys in the jail, like you know, like <laughs> yeah, it yeah. wasn't like that. It was, it was, it was quite cool. They were the cool yeah. kids, right? You know? Yeah. What and year was, was that? When house music. It was kind of like maybe ninety six, ninety seven, right. ninety eight. That so was you, that was like the. You were the guys that I wanted to be because I was in Cork at that time. I was eleven or twelve, looking at all the lads with their ex works jeans and all that, and the the long fringes and everything. By but I was too I was too young for all that. You know, I was only eleven, twelve. You know, uh, at the time. Yeah, I was 11, but just yeah. to think. I mean, I wasn't in with them. I was just a listener. Yeah, I wasn't like in the cool gang. I'm in with all those guys now, but I had to get famous to get in with them. You know. Oh really? <laughs> but <laughs> no, I'm only joking. There's Actually, going raving, boy. <laughs> 
a total aside, just talks about getting older, just a total coincidence. One of the main DJs on Radio Friendly was Greg Dowling. Greg and Shane were the DJs uh, in Henry's. So they were like basically like the kings of house music in Ireland, really. And in Europe, they were respected European DJs. Wow. But uh, Cork had this uh, Sir Henry's, which was a, a very respected dance club, like yeah. famous all over Europe. Anyway, they... Uh, you know, I got to know them, particularly like when I started doing comedy because I would do jokes about them, which they all loved. So I, I've I've known them over the years. Anyway, I was I was in Cork and I walked into this cafe and the owner comes out and he goes, "Actually, you know my dad." <laughs> and I was like, "Who's your dad?" And he was like, "Greg Dowling." I was like, "How old are you?" He's like, "I'm 25." Oh my god! I was god. like, "What?" I nearly <laughs> collapsed. I nearly collapsed. Like that's I couldn't. crazy. So, but he- anyway, those guys those guys did radio friendly with this like illegal transmitter. And now we, we all have our own radio stations. Like, you know? Yeah, podcasting. is We can all podcast. Like, yeah, it's crazy. It's nuts. Um, but that, that, I mean, those must have been special times because everybody is sitting around the radio to listen to that specifically. You know, like now everybody can transmit, essentially. But it was kind of cool back in the day when only certain people who really, really wanted to do it and they really wanted to put something Yeah, and they really, you had to learn a lot of technology. Yeah. Like, there yeah. was a lot of technology with that, you know? Yeah. It's so different now. But But they would have... They would have killed for the simplicity of this. Yeah. But on the flip side, it wouldn't have been as much of a cultural phenomenon. Although, who knows, you know? Who but knows? actually, as it turns out, that was... The, it's very hard to do what, what they did now. Oh, I guess you have to have a Spotify channel. Because the truth is, when you're podcasting, it's, you can't use music. You know, it is illegal. Yes, and now they true. can find it. Yeah. You know, whereas like those guys would have to have been arrested and then brought up on charges for not paying royalties or whatever. You know, like whereas now like the internet just basically tells you like we're we're, we're get that episode's gone because you had a non-licensed song on it. Oh, right. Is that what happens? I didn't even know that's what happens. Wow, jeez. Oh, yeah, like for example, my dad was near James Bond. So when you do something on RT, I know this is all getting technical for our listeners, but whatever. Fuck it. You know, it's one of 10 things to get you through the day. Yeah. Uh when when you do stuff for RTE, RTE has a blanket license for any music for use in the Republic of Ireland for broadcast. Right. right? So you can use whatever song you want, which is great because you can really just you can really juice up your yeah your your project. Yeah. The thing is that when you sell that abroad, um, you uh you or you have to get the licensing or you have to take the you have to change the music. So for example, the Des Bishop Work Experience DVD that they sold, which I didn't get a penny from, which I had a big falling out with a guy over, uh th- that has like this horrible library music. It's like not half as good as the original series because you you can't use that oh, music. Oh, the DVD had to be different to what because the DVD was going outside of Ireland as well. The yeah, well, no, the, it doesn't matter. The DVD is separate anyway. Oh, okay, the DVD right, is separate licensing. So even right. within Ireland, it had to be different. Right, right. Different, you know, different. It's it's not covered under the licensing agreement. So which is the version that's on YouTube? Is it is that the DVD version or the RTE version? Well, I put one episode up on on YouTube. Right. And that's the original version. Right. I don't yeah. know about the other episodes because I haven't put them up. Right. Okay. If they're up there, and then uh, when my dad was near James Bond also made for Ireland, the music makes that, you yes. know? Yeah. And I put it up on YouTube, and ex- nobody complained except James Bond, the company, the James Bond people, you know, the people that own that franchise. Oh, right. They are, like, the most protective over their music. Wow. And the that it flagged with them, so the, the it was... It, sometimes it, it'll say, like, this is not yours, 
but don't worry, we're not taking it down. It's just that you don't get the advertising revenue, which is totally fine. Yeah. But then other times, the, it's, it, it gets silent. So my dad was in a James Bond was muted on YouTube. Jesus. So I took it down. Right. There was no, there was no sound on it. My mate, you know, you know Vice Coffee Inc.? Yes, the cafe and my, so my mate owns. I used to work there years ago, and he had you know Vice, the the news media channel, su- tried to sue him. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like really, it's just like it's like a tiny, small coffee bar. There's two employees there, so yeah, he got he got a letter through the post. I don't know actually what happened in the end because um, obviously nothing because he's still he's still trading, you know. But like he's it, you couldn't it's a, you couldn't get a smaller business, you know what I mean? But they went for. I know anyway. that's so interesting. <laughs> that they would sue him for especially when it's just like like are, are is the vice squad gonna fucking sue vice magazine like i don't understand like vice is like such a generic word yeah yeah and yeah. it's not even like the same business yeah you know, no. i could understand if somebody started like vice media podcast yeah yeah but like he's like vice coffee he's I, a, I, yeah vice Co- he's it's like yeah literally a little a small coffee bar in dublin i'm pretty sure they wouldn't win that yeah, I, d- I don't know what happened in the end with it, but I remember he, <laughs> I remember him coming into work stressed out the next day because he got a letter from, from Vice taking him to court. Oh, it was fucking funny. But anyway, yeah. I d- anyway, we weren't, you know, we, we we went on off on a tangent there, but that's fine. You know, hopefully that's interesting to people. But uh, you're into, uh, you know, we're getting we're getting close to a week, pretty much of the uh, well, yeah, I've quarantine. Been, yeah, I've been what? So today is Saturday, is it? Yeah. So I've been like Today's- Thursday of last week we started. So it's like. Yeah. yeah, Thursday my gigs were cancelled of last week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That was the first gigs that were cancelled. Shit, yeah. Um, I mean, I had it was the Friday shows, but it was Thursday. So, oh, actually, wait a minute. No. How long ago was that? So, what, what, what day? Today is the 21st. So, it was the 12th is what I remember was the, was the first. Was It wasn't the first gig. It was the first night that gig stopped, the 12th. Um of march so that was not last thursday the thursday before and um, yeah so i've already missed two weekends of shows yeah exactly yeah um yeah yeah, yeah. but now, but now it's saturday again already yep it's fucking Fuck yeah me. i can't I, I can't keep track of time honestly it's like i'm losing my mind it's uh, yeah totally man it's crazy but like, you must be losing your mind like uh, how's that being out there on your own like in the like i don't know how far away you are from people or from a town or from whatever you know? uh, I'm like, uh, I'm a 10 minute drive from the town. Okay. And then uh, everybody came out here though. So actually when you go for a walk on the beach, you bump into people, but like, obviously we keep our, di- well, they don't fucking keep their distance. Like, so my, my friend's, uh, son, one of my golfing buddies, son is isolating out here. So when, when I say his son is like 32 years old, but, yeah. uh, but I, I know I, I mean, he's my friend too. I don't even know why I'm clarifying all this. Anyway, <laughs> we went for a, a, a fucking social distance walk on the beach yesterday. Yeah. And here's the truth, man. I bumped into one of my closest friends. She's like a generation ahead of me, but it's kind of like a multi-generational crew out here in West Hampton. It's got that holiday vibe about yeah. it. So they were older. They're the ones that taught me how to play volleyball, but she's like one of my closest friends. I love her dearly. Yeah. But do you know she fucking she's like one of these people that's like they can't we're American they can't tell us we can't travel and I was just like you're not getting it just yet Jesus. you know so so there's still a little bit of that attitude here so anyway needless to say needless to say right myself and my buddy going for we went for quite a long walk actually and uh, 
but like real social distancing and like people were coming onto the beach as we were walking by yeah. and like I knew them. I just gave them a wave and two of them are older. So I gave them a wave and I was like, hi guys, but I kept walking. But then when we came back, there was like a cluster of like 10 people, a oh, few kids, man. and they were all like sitting around in a circle. And oh. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. I don't like, get I don't it. Doesn't get it doesn't hurt to just, it doesn't hurt to just like keep your distance. I mean, first of all, you're out of the house, which some people might suggest is like not good. But most people seem to think that, you know, if you're moving and you're keeping a distance, it's not the it's not the end of the world. Although they don't really do that in Italy. But at the same time, I was like, how hard is it to just fucking stand six feet apart in the beach and talk? I know, man. It's like I was I went for a run the Phoenix Park the other day, and it was in general people keeping their distance. But there was one group of like I would say middle aged women that with their like basically having a picnic, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This I don't. I don't. Some people it hasn't really it really hasn't sunk in with certain people. And then down in our local centre, uh, my girlfriend was down there yesterday, and they they finally marked out on the floor how where you have to stay, social yes. distancing markings and all that, and only a certain amount of people are allowed in the shop and all that, which is great, you know. But you have all the the young ones from around here going, "What the fuck are you doing? You fucking weirdos!" You know, and they're getting freaked out by it, and they're just shouting abuse at each other and just like, you know, I'm not standing there bleeding. Nah. People, there's a lot of people just still aren't getting it yet. It's crazy. I know, I know, and you don't want to feel rude. You exactly, know, that's, that's the thing. The you thing, don't want to yeah. feel rude. Yeah, there was a yeah, there was a guy next to me in centre the other night, and he was like, I don't know if he was homeless, but he was certainly not in a good. He you know he wasn't in a good way. You know, uh, you could tell. You know, and he was, uh, but he was super aggressive at the same time. But he was right, like breathing on me, and I was freaking the fuck out. Like he was just so close. Um, yeah, and you don't want to. You know, you want to tell people, and you know, it's funny because. Weeks ago, at the beginning of all this, I did a fundraiser for Lynn Ruan in the pub in Rialto. Yes, yeah. And this very drunk old old man recognized me, came over to me. Well, I guess he was like 60, 65. Not that old, but you know, like older man. Yeah. And uh, he's very drunk. And I just ordered a pizza. The pizza had just come. And uh, like he shook my hand. Uh, and And I was like... Uh, yeah, I, I came. Remember, I said something like, "Now I gotta go wash my hands and eat this pizza." So I went and washed my hands. I came back, and he says to me, "I was very offended that you said that." What? And I was like, "Mate," I said, "Mate, any other time in history, this wouldn't be an issue. Yeah. This is just one time in history where I gotta wash my fucking hand." So then I just shared my pizza with him to shut him up, but he just fucking kept talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing you're trying. Yeah, fucking hell. Oh, I don't know. It's. It's crazy. But have you been like, not that I'm sure, maybe it's that some people, because I've been watching Sky News and I'm watching what has been what is going on in Italy. It's fucking tragic. I just think if anyone was watching that, they'd go, okay, let's cop the fuck on, you know? Um, yeah, when you watch the Sky News report, you feel that. But it's going to happen here now. Like, there's going to be some horror shows coming out. I believe already a, a hospital in the Bronx is struggling. Right. Uh, but anyway, uh, just just because I did it, you know, I can't remember what it was. Somebody, I think Joanne actually said on the podcast the moment that the moment that it hit her mom was when EastEnders stopped. Yeah, that's right. That I was the that. moment where she was like. <laughs> yeah. So then I put it out on Instagram. I was like, "What was the moment for you?" Now I have to be honest. I thought I would get some like some kind of funny responses, but yeah, there was some emotional responses. You know. Yeah. But before I start, did, did, do you have a moment? I think. Um 
Uh, well, I actually had a moment this morning. I, I've been feeling it the last couple of days because I'm generally somebody who would just kind of something's happened and I'll kind of just I just kind of keep going as normal. So I've been working quite a lot at home and writing and stuff like that. But my poor daughter said to me uh, yesterday she wanted to go. Uh, she wanted to have because we have on Wednesdays it's it's uh, Daddy and Daughter Day. So we go out and uh, like I'll, we'll go for tea and cake. We fly around on the scooter and all that kind of stuff. And she said to me this morning that she wanted to do that with the scooter and all that. I was like, oh, we can't, hon. I'm sorry. And just little things like that. And she's like, why? And when we go past certain parks, if there's too many people in there, we don't go in there and stuff. And she's like, uh, why can't we go talk to those? Because she's got, she's got quite a social life for a two-year-old, you know. There's loads yeah. of mummy and toddlers <laughs> in, in, in the area, but we can't go and say hello to them and all that. So that was a, a definitely a big one. But there was... During the week as well, I think the first one that hit me was I got out, it was like 10 o'clock at night and I was going down to Centra. I was putting, you know, put my gloves on and, you know, and all that. And I was super excited to go to the shop and I was like, oh God, this is weird. It's like the big moment. Yeah, like that's, my, what, my, that, my, my, my. <laughs> that's when it hit me. I was like, woo, I'm going to Centra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck me. So that was the biggie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually don't know when it dropped for me. I mean, uh, Obviously, my gigs were canceled, but then there was like that was a weird moment of like, wow. But there was also like a giddiness with that, with like, holy shit, this is real. Yeah. And then me and Aiden were having our like, you know, having our like isolation fucking <laughs> sessions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, but then I did have that panic moment where I was like, fuck it, I'm just getting on this flight to the states. Uh, I don't know when it really dropped for me. I, there hasn't been like a, there hasn't been like a moment. But I tell you, I got some, I got some huge. Uh, I got some big responses. Yeah, what I'll, I'll read saying? out a few. I haven't. I have. I don't have a producer, so I haven't. Uh, you know, people like honestly, some of them are so intense. You know, wow. But a lot of Liverpool fans are very angry. <laughs> That's for, like it's. I mean, it's obviously this pandemic is not funny, but the Liverpool fo- football situation is funny. Like, <laughs> I have to be honest, though. I personally think that all the clubs should just agree to to give Liverpool the premiership. They've it's 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 getting complicated at the moment with all that stuff because they're going you can't give anyone anything because there's so much up for grabs outside of that. that yeah, but it doesn't matter with the Premier League. Like the one thing that you can do the first, but it's the rest of it that's a fucking pain. Yeah, it's li- literally everything. Literally every other place is up for grabs. Like you've got from from fourth place down to tenth or eleventh is still up for grabs to get into the top four. You've got six or seven teams will fight it out for relegation. You've got two teams in the championship that want to go up uh, to the Premiership, and there's so much money money involved in all of these moves that clubs are going to start suing the Premier League if they. That, that's the problem that they have at the moment. If you finish the, the league and give it to Liverpool, all the other clubs are going to start suing and going, you can't just finish it where we are kind of a thing, you know? Um, yes. Uh, and then there's also the... At the moment, they're kind of determined to start the league in June uh, and keep it going. But even that's a problem because loads of, like, 50% of players' contracts uh, finish in June because that, that's normally the end of the season. Oh, so it's so complicated. It's so complicated. Fuck's sake. Save it for fucking off the ball, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to tell you, though, that a lot of people, like, I had at least 10 messages saying when Penny's closed. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I did not. That's great. I, I didn't. I did not. Uh, I did not realize how important Penny's was to people. Oh, big time. Um, 
And like a lot of people messaged in with, uh, you know, like love for their partners that are in the frontline health workers, you know? Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, but here's some sad ones. Like when I told my four-year-old daughter that she couldn't visit Nana and granddad for their health, explaining to a four-year-old is very hard. Oh, she bawled and yeah. roared as my parents mind her since she was six months old when I go to work. So she and my mom are super close. And then I have my mom texting and ringing us and FaceTiming her, and it's killing my mother not to see her or her other 22 grandkids. We haven't seen my parents since a week yesterday, and I have a newborn baby, too, who hasn't even met half my family. She was three weeks yesterday. Have not seen my parents, as we call every day to their house. This last week feels like a year. I mean, that's tough. Yeah, that's Like, really, really at tough. that really early, early family, you know? Yes, absolutely. Especially when you're going through something like that, yeah, with, with, a, with a newborn, that's huge. It's like, you know, it's, it's the most important thing to you and the world as a mother. But then, like, it lights up. That's one of these things that lights up a whole family, you know? The whole family's excited to see a newborn, you know? Uh, that's really tough. Yeah. This was funny. When my very fucking hormonal 13-year-old daughter asked why she couldn't go to her friend's house... I sat her down and explained prop- properly to her. When she didn't have a very dramatic meltdown telling me that I was trying to ruin her life, I knew then that, fuck, this is our life now <laughs> for the foreseeable future. <laughs> and then she said, oh, and Penny's closing. I mean, like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Penny's is amazing. It's how it's such a staple of people's lives. Like, do you remember, you know, XR Rebellion when they were trying to do those positive uh, climate change protests? And they went. Oh to, yeah, they went to try block pennies. Well, they nearly got shot. The whole lot of that them. That was it then. <laughs> yeah. Uh. This was a sad one. The moment when my husband was entering the doors of the beautiful dementia-specific care facility, and I wasn't sure when I would see him again. Okay. By the way, I'm only four years older than you. I mean, that's pretty intense. That's heavy. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Like I wasn't, exp- you know, which is, uh, you know, a lot of Tom Hanks. By the way. Yeah, you were saying that. That's crazy, isn't it? When uh, when Tom Hanks got it, that they were all they knew it was serious. I mean, for me, it was Mikel Arteta. But anyway, I'm not going back to the football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? Yesterday, when I went on the beach with my buddy, I brought I brought the volleyball. Yeah, we didn't do it though because I was aware, like it just looks yeah. responsible. So we didn't bump around. I wasn't going to play volleyball. But we were going to bump a little bit. Yeah, which I might do. Uh, you know, maybe in the morning. You know, I just I don't want to do it when people are around. I just don't want people thinking that like that we don't it's give a, a shit. For, but no, but also I feel like if me and him are doing that at a safe distance, I mean, I get it. The ball we're touching the ball. Yeah. But I mean, so there's a minimum. You know, you know, I guess there's a minimal risk of me passing it on to him. But we're just two guys, right? Safe distance. Uh, that's like a, sort of a somewhat responsible exercise. Probably as much risk as like jogging with your friend. You know. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time. I also don't want to be like in a. I don't want to be encouraging everyone to be out. So I would only do it when nobody was around at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? I. I, I just. I, I don't want the beach to become a free for all. Yeah. Um, I got so invited. I, I, I got invited out for a for a puck around. You know, uh, Hurley's and Slitter. You know, the other day, and I was thinking, yeah, fuck, we can't even do that, can you? Unless we wore gloves or something, you know, and disinfected the gloves on the ball or something. But it's just, it's not worth the hassle either. Yeah, you're right. What yeah. other people would think as well. But the funny thing was, I was walking on the beach, and we were talking about Tom Hanks, and uh, I realized that my volleyball is a Wilson. (laughs) I looked down, and I was like, oh, my God, things get really bad. I already have a friend, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which I'm definitely, when we get off this, I'm definitely doing an Insta story about that. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of teachers were like, when the schools closed, um, you know, there's just a lot of people like serious jobs in relation to, you know, in relation to this. Yeah. Um, you, you, you haven't had anybody telling you like crazy stories, right? I haven't heard anything t- too. A lot of people, sorry, I was going to say a lot of people were like moved by Leo's speech. Yeah, that was huge. I mean, even, you know, I was, I have to say, because it really, Inej and I actually sat in to, to watch it. And um, I say sat in as if we were out. <laughs> we were sitting in anyway. Um, but we sat down to watch. And it was, he did, it was just, he, it was very empathetic, um, but also very, you know, stern and kind of, uh, he relayed the seriousness of the situation very well. I mean, in, in comparison to, you know, Boris Johnson, like, the, the day after he was an absolute disaster and every day he's kind of a disaster so I, I definitely feel the spirit in in ireland is good considering the situation i i mean i'm gutted for i've got a lot of friends in the uk and in london in particular and they are going through absolute hell right now they've a lot of these guys own uh restaurant businesses and they've all just been shut down they don't know if they're going to come back from it and stuff like that so they're heartbroken they've had to let employees go that was that was. I had a tough day. Of, uh, I think it was. I can't even remember if it was yesterday or the day before, where I was calling my old boss and my old shit and uh, the old head chef. You know, just trying to trying to console them a little bit because it's like genuinely that's their livelihoods and that's what they've worked for so long to be the best at what they do. And they literally had to have a meeting and let go, let everybody go, and say we've no more work for you. It's, um, I know. Our- I got a message. For, I actually just got a message from one of the venues this morning saying saying something about. You know, saying something about something, and then she was like, "By the way, I work in this venue where you you have two sold out shows, but I got laid off yesterday." Oh wow! You know, yeah. Here's a sad. Th- th- check this one out. Uh, my dad died March 14th in the hospice. I'm very glad that we got to spend the last few days with him, which you know might not have happened a couple of weeks la- yeah. a week later. Yeah. However, no gatherings for re- repose or funeral. Literally, the immediate family only. There are no words to articulate how lonely that was. Yeah. We know, but we know it was the right thing to do. When I seen those army trucks in Italy full of corpses, it breaks my heart for their family members. Yeah, I doubt they got to be with their loved ones at the end. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a lot. That's Did you a, see that amazing video of the driving through in the West Kerry? Of West Kerry? No, I didn't know. Amazing video of a. So they couldn't have a funeral, you know? Yeah, like like they couldn't have people at the church. Yeah, but. It's a two-kilometer drive from the church to the to the cemetery, or from the house to the cemetery, whatever they were doing. Yeah, and the entire area, it, it, with with safe distancing, line the road. Oh, like not always because it was two kilometers. Yeah, yeah line yeah, the yeah. road. Amazing. Oh, that's amazing. That one. Yeah, there's amazing stuff that comes out, but there always is. You, yeah, human beings can be amazing, but obviously there's also the selfish cunts that just can't accept that we're all in this together. You know. I feel I feel that that like that's what I was saying. The comparison between Ireland and the UK at the moment. They interview people all over the UK, and they're like Liverpool, St Patrick's Day. The place was full, and they're like, "Well, I'm young, doesn't matter." Do you know, what I mean? it's like that was the attitude, and it was like fucking crazy. But at least I def- there's definitely a good sense of pride in, in the way Irish people are going. Like you hear those messages, and people are going through really tough times. But I think everyone is doing so far. We've done a really good job, you know. The bingo was funny, but check this out. My dad can't get heart surgery because the hospital is suspending all surgeries. He could die before he gets the surgery or he could die from corona. Stupid choices. Fucking hell. So, you know, and and, and it's really important for people to hear this stuff because I yeah. still think some people don't take it seriously. Yeah, yeah, it's perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I like. I mean, it's a perspective for me. I'm very. I like. I'm. I'm very lucky. My parents are healthy, and uh, I've, my my family here are healthy. So you know, while there is loads of shit with you know having to being in the situation that we're in, and our work is gone, and all that stuff, we're alive and we're healthy, and we're just staying safe. So there's a lot to be grateful for. Yeah, you're lucky to have parents. I agree. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, tell, I, tell, I get grateful sometimes that my, you know, I just, the stress of my mother being around with this. Would I was going to say, intense. imagine having to look after your mother through this. Poof. Oh, God. I, I, I Honestly, I'm not glad she's dead, but like, it is it is a relief to not have to worry of about course, that. Of course, yeah. I don't know how to articulate that without sounding cold, but yeah, I yeah. think people understand what I mean. Absolutely. Um. The how's your, how's giving, your brother over there? Is he safe with his family? Yeah, but they're, they're, they're her mother's living with them. But whatever. Hopefully, they're all okay. Yeah, they're in isolation out in East Hampton. Okay. The prospect of giving birth without my husband there, as now we leave our kids, we can't leave their kids with anyone. She's doing four weeks, and she's terrified. So she's giving birth in four weeks. So she's probably gonna have no. He's not gonna be there, you know, because I can't leave the kids with anyone. Oh my god, Jesus. Somebody did say something funny because, you know, at one stage I had to move the furniture out and I started like messing around talking to the table that I was about to throw out. <laughs> and uh, somebody messaged me and said, I'm working from home this week. It's left me feeling slightly insane, feeling better knowing that you had a great goodbye chat with your glass table. <laughs> I haven't I haven't reached the point of talking to my furniture. I imagine I have that to look forward to next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, do, how do you find it out there on your own or do you feel you're on your own or? Honestly, man, my life is not that different Yeah, to before. That's the truth. The only difference is that I don't go out at night and maybe I don't do as much socializing during the day. But when I've got a lot of content to do, especially lately, you know, I end up isolated at home anyway, like yeah. doing all these videos and podcasts and shit. So it's, it's funny how it was just fortuitous that the last sort of six months, especially I got really into like video content, yeah. trying to get better at it. So actually, I, I quite enjoy messing with that during the day. So I've been doing a lot of this anyway, late, uh, lately anyway. Uh, and especially during the summer, like I take these breaks out here. And then, you know, other than playing golf, which I would do, you know, I'm just chilling out here on my own. I bump into somebody on the beach. So it's not that different. I don't really feel that alone. In fact, I almost feel less alone because everybody's so keen to to be on social media. Plus, by the way... Normally when I'm like norm in a normal life on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm free all day. So I just have to hang out with retired guys. Everybody's working. Right. Whereas now nobody's working. So they're all dying to talk on the phone. They're all dying to FaceTime. So actually it doesn't feel that isolated. I mean, technology does take away a lot of the isolation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I'll know things are really bad when I actually start fucking having like sexting FaceTimes with some of my crazy fans because I've had some <laughs> offers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've had offers, you know, like I could be, you know, you could just like, you could tell that the the conversation on Instagram is basically like, you know, can we take this to, uh, can we take this to FaceTime? Oh, like, fair, a fair no, play to them. Like that's, that's the spirit we need, guys. Well done. <laughs> oh, yeah. Isolation, masturbation. But would you believe, I, I mean, it's more of a shift conversation, but I, I, I still haven't had a wank. I told Joanne two days ago, I don't know why. I just, I haven't done that yet. Wow. That's impressive. I've kept busy, you know? Yeah. Fair yeah. play to you. But uh, yeah, the, the, it do might you, end up Do you find that, the, oh, this is probably a shift conversation, but I was going to ask, does the number go lower and lower the older you get? The number of wanks? Yeah. I would think so, yeah. 
I mean, you're 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 living with your partner, but I'm sure yeah. you've noticed that the. I think yeah, I think that's a probably uh, probably if I was still living alone, I'd probably still like because I used to be anyway. We can talk about that another time, but I was definitely like a regular three a man day, like when I was a working man in my twenties, you know. Oh yeah, well I haven't been a three a day guy for a long, long time. I just feel like it's it, it's a waste, you know. I got to save that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> I got to save it up, you know. Absolutely. Uh, anyway. We we won't get too into that, but I, I know there's a lot of that going on. I've seen some funny some funny memes and some funny videos going around about uh you know, just like funny like wanking jokes. I mean there have there have been some there have been some amazing memes that have been going around. Oh yeah. People are like on the memes full time now these days. I know. I, I, I kinda get like I'm almost intimidated by their fucking the the inventiveness of some of them you know yeah yeah well yeah that and tiktok like tiktok is some of the stuff that the kids come up with is like wow um i know man i wish i was just better at the technology of it all i mean i'm trying my best but just yeah it's tough it's uh, yeah it's uh, even those those dancing ones the one going up the stairs and all that i was trying that the other day i was like oh my god how do these kids do it but i can't do it yeah i haven't tried the dancing one actually i reckon i can do that I'd say you can because you don't. Yeah, you've got a bit of dancing in you. I don't have it at all. I'm thinking of just doing a funny one where where it looks like I'm about to do it and then I just fall up the stairs on purpose. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I uh, yeah, I, I I'm trying to avoid the dancing TikToks. I'm trying to do my own thing, but it's just weird. TikTok is strange on what what works and what doesn't. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, like I put up I put up one of the videos from uh, the Irish language jokes, and it's up at nearly four hundred thousand views. So then I put up like what I consider to be the biggest joke from that show, which is the joke about the Mocha Niluk. I put that up second, like about a week and a half later, thinking, here we go. If that one was big, yeah. wait till they see the Mocha Niluk. And it did like 10% of that. Wow. I just can't figure TikTok out. It's a funny one. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a fascinating uh, <clears throat> app because like my daughter is like, she loves it. Like we can sit down like, do you, know, do you, want, do you want to do some TikTok? She's like, yeah. She just sits on my lap and for 10 minutes, we'll just, she'll, just she'll flick, flick through them. No, not this one, not this one. And she knows what she likes straight away. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's amazing that they know what they like straight away. Straight away. Like. And wants to watch it over and over again. What, what's the type of thing that she likes? It, de- it depends. Sometimes it can, be the, it can be a voice. It can be one of the character-y voiceover things. Uh, we were watching one with Tyke Fleming, the guy down in Kerry the other day. where he was Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. I know. Ty, yeah. yeah, sure. Enough, oh, he's I, the no. biggest Irish TikToker. Is he the biggest Irish TikToker? Wow. Okay. Oh, like hands down. His whole family is in on it as well. Like his dad. Yeah, his well, mom. that's smart. I mean, they're really in on it now. Yeah. So obviously he's making- I actually con- I contacted him. Oh, really? We and I said, Ty, like, well, I was saying, when are you going to do a show? And he was like, oh, well, you know, I'm working. He's fucking working. Not wow. anymore. But uh, I was like, Ty, man, I'm actually going to message him again because he, he, he was chatting away with me. And uh, I was saying, like, you got to- you got to like figure something out with your dad, you know, but I'm going to message him and say, listen, he, I'm going to give you like a quick outline of how the show is going to work. You don't need to do that much work to make this work. You're gonna, and you're going to fucking sell out venues all over Ireland. I mean, he's huge. Yeah. Oh, he would. Yeah. Yeah. And he's very, you love I Alepsa. Does she like Alepsa? Alepsa. Yeah. <laughs> Does she like that? Your daughter? Uh, no, she like. he did one the other day where it was, um, uh, what you call that thing that you stand on with the Yeah. Two- he's got the hoverboard. Yeah. 
So he was going forwards and backwards on it, but he fell off it in the middle of. He was taking the piss out of some, uh, yeah. some gym class. I saw, I saw it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he falls off. He's like, Jesus Christ, like that when he falls. Yes. So she's like, again, again, and she just wrote because I think she was she. I always started laughing at it, and then that's it. She watched. She must have watched it twenty times. Again, again. <laughs> uh, so. I know kids just love that, man. Yeah, they love all that stupid. And like I've my, the, the the only ones I've done on TikTok where I do the. The voiceover things is just for her because she thinks they're hilarious. So um, she's. Have you had any? Have you had any get up on the for you page? No, no, I've I, nothing big yet at all. No, but like I get like people with kids contacting me all the time, going, "My daughter loves that," or "My kid, Chris Kent's kids love me doing TikTok stupid videos." <laughs> his Funny, son, his son thinks it's hilarious, the funniest thing ever, and he just watches it over and over. Yeah, then I did. I tried to do like what I think is like classic tiktok material like you know ireland a month ago i was like leo veracker shit and then ireland now was like, that was oh good God, that was good was, i feel like that was very tiktoky but like it did all right yeah, I mean, yeah it got on the for you page but it didn't like it didn't go nuts you know yeah yeah and most people just make comments like Des is the only non-irish person that can do a good irish accent <laughs> <laughs> and you ever notice people there's always one person that goes first there's always, they, they like being the first comment <laughs> yeah 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 Totally, and you put anyway. The, we're probably you put the carvery up again. Our I love the carvery routine. Oh yeah, well I put that up. I put that up just it, that has already done the rounds on all the different ones, but I had never put it up on IGTV. So I said I would give that a whirl. Yeah, it did good. But that's did a, good that, business. That's a watch. A watch again. Again, like I don't know how many times I've watched it, but because it's just so the fucking trays, and then the father is just like, "You give me the Emmy. Come on, come on. Your father was a tycoon too. Come on." <laughs> I know. God, it's only it's one it's once a three show routine. Although I've had a few good, I've, I've, I mean, not that I'm praising myself, but I I've had a few good. Uh, I feel like I've had a few good like uh, like rock solid routines the last few years. That that one was one, uh, the the going down one. Yeah. The period sex one. Yeah. Um, now there's been a few that I've 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 I felt like oh yeah these are these are these are rocking ones you know that would be a good would you would you do that as a best of show or something like that. Well, no, I mean, I, t- well, since we're getting into talking about the future career, yeah. the next time I tape a special, I'm going to tape one for the States, even though, even though, say, for example, Period Sex was on that Irish special that I did, I'm definitely going to do, even if I get nobody and I just put it up on YouTube, I'm going to do like a recorded in the States, like bang and show. Nice. With like 50% of all that filthy stuff and then the Chinese stuff, just a f- all the bits that I know absolutely rip in the States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And even though Irish people will be like, we've seen all this before, it'll just be packaged more for like an international audience. Because is, is that the, the difference in the industries between the UK and Ireland and the US in that like when you're watching a stand-up special in the US, it's stand-up. It's an hour of bits, boom, 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 like that. But here, like I was watching Acaster's uh, repertoire there the other day, and it's like, it's very much a show. There's there's like a theater element to it, you know, it's very much has yes. arcs and callbacks and all that, you know. Um, was, is that the main difference? Like, pe- do people not expect that in the US from a show? I don't know, man. You want to get that comedy? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like we stop recording. And we have this conversation. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm just I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. But uh, I, uh, I I I don't know if there's that that much of a marked difference. I think most of that just comes from from you know the the Edinburgh sort of yes exactly the Edinburgh model. Yeah, so that's exactly. just kind of like 
we focus towards Edinburgh. Yeah. And, you know, it's different strokes for different folks. There was a time where I would have very much preferred the the narrative arc show. Yeah. And the story, the show about my mom is very much that. Exactly. But but I also really enjoyed taking a break from that for three or four years and just banging out the bits. Exactly. And I actually, when I go back on some of my previous specials looking for bits to put online, I'm very frustrated with myself for how fucking long it takes me to just get to the fucking punchline. And I know that it's entertaining on the way to the punchline, but not in the way that I write material now. Like yeah. I actually, my early stuff really fucking frustrates me nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was that, that was that. It was a different time in Ireland back then because I watch all the old videos of all the guys coming up, and it's way longer than it, than it would be if you were coming up now. Like that just seems to be the culture of it. But like, like I have this bit. I have this bit about scraping the to- You know, scraping the burn off the toast. Right. Yeah. And in my memory, of course, I was like, oh, I'll go back and I'll get that, you know, because it's such, it's a good punchline, like scraping the toast. But then when I actually watched it, I realized it was part of this long, rambling rant about how Irish people hate when Americans say, have a nice day. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I I just would never, like, I just would never do it like that now, you know? It's just like, and it's all callbacks and fucking have a nice day, like repetition. And don't get me wrong, like it's it's funny, but I couldn't even edit it. I couldn't even edit it down to like beginning and punchline. It's yeah. so wrapped up in its it's so wrapped up in its its dumb fucking you know like a performance. You know, it's yeah. such a performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like live, those performances really work. You ride the energy, you know. Yeah. But when you fucking put it on video, it's just like I just look like a ranting lunatic. It's amazing how I I wasn't aware but of course you know it just you didn't watch yourself as much i was just like, gonna say not- you, you you're, you're definitely not watching yourself back at all you're kind of like you could have recorded that thing and you don't see the you don't see the finished product for weeks or months later or whatever you know yeah and then you're like you watch the dvd when you're editing it but like you don't go back and have another look it's not on your phone fo- anyway I, I just i'm very frustrated with my you know that's what happened from being in the states it changed my style yes. a little bit you know yeah because there's so, no there's no fat over there on on, on the content. Like, it's, but even the Mokaniluk routine, I put a, a minute of it up on on TikTok, but it's actually a three minute bit. I got it down to a minute. That's the point. Yeah, the meat of that routine is a minute. Yeah, there's right. so much nonsense in between. I used to love my digressions, and like digressions are fun, but they're like they can they, they, it can be to the detriment of the routine sometimes. Yeah, you, know? you don't think that at the time, but then when you look back, you're like, Jesus Christ, why are you going off on that? Get out, get. Get the fuck out of there. Where are yeah. you going? Yeah. Nice. Anyway, go on. Let's go. Uh, yeah, let's- I actually, yesterday yesterday I was in the car and uh, I recorded a little bit about my mother's year anniversary. So so I'm going to tack that on at the end here. Oh, do. Want, yeah. yeah. And we can have, we'll have a comedy press. chat from the other day. I don't know. Maybe the fans will like to hear you talking about your comedy, writing comedy. But anyway. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, I was joking about that. All I was right. joking about that. That was that was me joking. Listen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I I felt like I was dismissing. No, no. I <laughs> anyway, good. We could have another comedy chat another day or something, as well. But anyway, look after yourself. Oh yeah, sure. I'll talk to. Well, we could do these whenever. Yeah. Joanne's Joanne's on the scene now too. I finally got her. In I H5. know. Yeah. So, she, so she's happy enough working at all. Uh, yeah. I mean, she's yeah. I I I I'd love to get a three way, but. I don't know how it would work. That's why. That's one of the main reasons why I think we need to to figure out how to use Zoom for recording or one of these other things. But but can, well, I'll, I'll, can you I'll not figure do that out? The a two way on the FaceTime. Uh, yeah, I would just be concerned that matching three of these up. Oh, I get you. Yes, the syncing might you be know, too much of a delay. 
And it's also very difficult to know when you have more than two people, like when do you come in? Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, we could so do a pilot. I, we could do like give it a give it a whirl and see what happens. Yeah, we could give it a shot. Yeah. I mean, it kind of requires like say me to be the guy that sort of like you almost have to go through the chair because like we did myself and Joanne were on with Ray Darcy. We were both on the phone. Ray Darcy was in the studio, right? And like you have to kind of wait for Ray to be like Joanne. Yes, dead, I get you. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I guess we could do it that way. But yeah. you know, when 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 the conversation gets a flow, it can be tough not yeah, to sort of yeah. talk over. So we'll, we'll we'll figure that out. But what I was thinking was if if it's on a Zoom. You know, if we're if we're all recording in at the same time, it, it might be better. Where there's no, you don't have to match it up. But anyway, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. There's definitely a way to do that. Yeah, where you can get, like record the three lines into one Zoom or something. Anyway, yeah, yeah, it'd be an amazing video too if we could really yeah. really get that going. You know, three way. People are doing it. That's the thing. I see people are doing it. I just don't have the supports. You know, some people just Andrew Schultz and these guys. They they just have a lot of they have a lot of support. They have teams. You know. Yeah, he's got his own and, media uh, company. Like fucking yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So I just, I just, I just wish I had, I wish I had set up a bit more of that infrastructure. You know. Yeah. But Opportunity sure. out there if anybody wants to message me. Yeah. Did you hear him? Yeah. Start our own media. All right, Steve. Listen. Get back on with your day. Yeah. Let's go downstairs and do baby yoga. Go do some go do some baby yoga and some TikToks. And uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care, brother. So thanks to Steve there. Um, I did just want to include this bit that I did uh, yesterday. I was actually driving to visit my brother, which I was a little paranoid about, but I talk about that on it, so I'll leave that in there. Um uh, probably the last time I'm going to see him for quite a while because things are getting quite serious here. I'll, I'll I'll do an episode on the seriousness of what's going on in New York uh, in the next two days because I actually I I need to investigate that a little bit more. But I've started to get messages from people, so I haven't really been looking at the news this morning. But anyway, here is uh, just a quick 15 20 minutes of me chatting about marking the occasion of the first year anniversary of my mom's death, and uh, I'll chat to you at the end. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome 
Welcome again today to the podcast. I don't like calling it the Des Bishop Podcast because it's definitely going to have a name change with all these great contributions from other people. I'm actually currently driving to my brother's house, which I appreciate is it's a, it's a little bit against the, the way I'm trying to live right now because I don't like leaving the house for what could be considered a non-essential trip. But here's why I think it's uh, here's why I think it's somewhat essential. Um, New York is going probably going to go on like a full lockdown. I think New York State, and it hasn't done so yet. So I feel like this is kind of my last chance to see my brother and my nephews, my two nephews, uh, for a while. Um, so I said I would do it today. I'll keep a safe distance. I mean, it is just me in my car. Um, and I get to their house. There's a limited risk, I guess, because you just don't know one of them could have it or I could have it. I could be bringing it to them. I understand that. I, I, I take complete responsibility for that. But I am, you know, I am going to see them. I haven't seen them since uh, Christmas Eve, actually. Uh, and this will probably be the last time I'll see them for a couple of months. So I said I would, I would go see them. Um, other than that, I, I had said yesterday that I would do, um, I would talk a bit about the fact that it was my mom's anniversary. As it turns out, I wanted to do it last night and I, I passed out, actually. Uh, well, you know, passed out. I, 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 I went to take a nap because I had a call with an you know, Australian company at 8.15, set my alarm for 7.45, and woke up at 11.45. It turns out I'd set the alarm for 7.45 a.m. like an idiot because I was, like, so jet-lagged. I'd been up since 3 a.m. I know it's only four-hour jet lag at the moment, but I just – I had been up since 3 a.m. And um, I uh, – I, I sent them like a panicked message. Sorry, I missed the call. Turns out, after I'd sent the message, I'd seen that they had delayed the call till Monday anyway. But at least they knew that I cared. Um, but uh, before I get into talking about my mom, uh, you know, talking about the one-year anniversary of my mom passing, which I only feel, I, I, I don't feel obligated, but I feel like sharing with you guys only because that, that you guys have been there on this sort of journey with me, which I appreciate. It does help me to uh, get thoughts out, you know. Uh, but I, I do want to say that, you know, New York State is really bad. You know, like it, it looks like it's going to be really bad here. And it's, it's so, it so comes from the top. Americans have not taken it seriously until very recently. And I know I'm always giving out about Trump, but I was just sitting there this morning because uh, I, as I was driving out, I can just see that people here are still not taking it seriously enough. You know, you can just see the the way that people don't take it seriously here and the way that they're walking around and things. And uh, I just thought, my God, that, that Trump is going to go down in infamy, I think. To have to have dismissed this, like America had cases way before Ireland did, like real, they had community spread, 
before Ireland had a single case. They had community spread in Washington State. And they could have been on top of this so early. Like, there is absolutely no need for it to be where it's at here. It's insane how bad it is here. And they could have taken so much more severe action. Like, nothing like a lockdown, but they could have really got the message out that it's going to get serious. Now, I understand that it's Italy that made everyone fucking notice that it was bad. You know, I actually think there's like, there's like an underlying racism to all this. Like, it could never get like that here. It's kind of like an Asian thing. You know, like Asians live on top of each other or something. And somehow it spreads through their societies but won't spread to ours. There was like just a complete ignorance to how advanced it had been in the United States. And Trump's still blaming governors. And it's so bad. Like, I don't understand how he's not carried away in handcuffs right now. Him and Boris Johnson, fucking manslaughter. But I, I, I'm not ranting about that now because I know you guys are sick of it. But it's so frustrating. You, you know, because if you look at how popular Leo Varadkar has become because of that speech, it's such a simple skill of leadership to step forward in a time of crisis and just give people reassurance. But with also with a strong sense of civic responsibility, call to action. As a community, we will come together. It's so important. 9-11, you know, George Bush did, I don't like George Bush, but he did that, you know. You know, just just Obama, you know, in his inauguration speech, you know, the 2008 financial crisis had just happened. You know, we're going to pull together. You know, this sense of we can do this together. Trump, it's just like, you know, how, how, why why does everyone hate me? It's a, he literally sounds like 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 a, like an immature child. You know, like why is everyone criticizing me? What I stopped people coming in from China was that not enough for you? What I come on I stopped flights from China. I know that it's all falling apart, but I mean I knew it was a pandemic. I didn't say it was a pandemic. In fact, I acted like it was no big deal. But I mean, in the back of my mind, I knew it was a pandemic. I mean, I didn't want you guys to do anything. And by the way, that's not my Trump impersonation. That's my fucking five-year-old child impersonation. It's so bad. So, anyway, all he had to do was step up and just be like, all right, guys, pulling together all the time. No stupid digs at other people. You know, no Cuomo needs to do a better job or the governor of Illinois needs to do a better job. None of that. None of the bickering. None of the Trump shit. But he can't do it. Because he's a fucking imbecile. He's a selfish asshole. God, of all the times, you know, it's like, it's so classic that everything, you know, when everything goes wrong, all the things that would help it be worse, we're also in place, you know? So a pandemic is, is bad enough without fucking Trump in charge and Boris Johnson in charge. Like, oh God, how can we make this any fucking worse? All right. So first of all, let me just establish that I find this quite sad sometimes. I've, you know, I've been doing all these Insta stories and I've been trying to, you know, have a laugh. But, I, but, but every now and then I get these waves of sadness about just how fucked up this all is and how lonely it can be sometimes, you know. And I couldn't decide if that was just coming to terms, almost like a different type of grief for for how difficult this is, or if it indeed was just... My mom's anniversary and just, you know, I, I guess this feels like a time for family, right? 
but obviously my, my parents are dead. And of course I've, I also get a little bit of relief. Like, I don't mean like I'm happy my mom's dead, but it, 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 it is a weird feeling of like, well, I don't have to worry about my mom. You know, I'd rather her be alive, but at the same time, she picked up everything. Like anything that was going, my mother picked it up over the last 20 years, not just the last, not just that last five year period. You know, so I have no doubt that, you know, my mom would have gotten this and probably died alone. So in a way, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not grateful, but I, I can't say that I haven't once or twice thought, well, there's a small positive in her not being around because it would have been a major worry, you know? I mean, I'd rather her be around, but I'm just looking at the bright side of her not being around. Um, and it was a strange coincidence that I did end up flying back the same exact day as last year, also in a crisis. And it had a similar feeling. I said to my brother Aiden the other day, we were in the house in Rialto, and it's just, a, I'm sure you all know, it's just this odd feeling of just something being wrong, but there's an adrenaline to it which will fade. But right now there's that sort of like everything's up in the air. It's kind of an odd, it's just a weird, unsettled feeling, but sometimes almost exciting. And I said to my brother, it, this feels just like that, that, that window, but you know, when mom died and we're getting ready for the funeral and you know, you're sort of preparing for this new life. It felt a bit like that, I have to say. Um, and uh, so it was weird that it was one year later, the sort of exact same feelings. Uh, I'm not big into the anniversaries, but my mother's anniversary just was more significant than my dad's first anniversary. I, I think it came and went. I didn't even know. But my mom's one was more significant because everything was the same. The flights, the chaos, the crises. Um, so I was kind of aware of it. Not so much yesterday, or, or but just in general, just the whole the whole sameness of, of the last two years. I, and here's a, an even weirder coincidence. I had to cancel the It Gals twice. Last year because my mom died and this year for the pandemic. It was just weird messaging them being like, the exact same day as I messaged you last year, I'm now telling you that I can't do the podcast. It was just weird. Anyway, that's not a big deal. It's just Everything was just a bit samey, even though the situation wasn't the same. Um. So, you know, it's been what, like two, two and a half months since I, I talked about the grief. And, uh, you know, in the interim, Jason Burns' dad died. Um, and it was weird talking to him because, you know, he was he was he was really the first person to share with me. The immediacy of of of, of grief, the immediacy of death. Since my mom died and it was just so strange kind of listening to him going through it and identifying, but also noticing the differences. Uh, it was, it was, it was odd because, you know, I, I kind of, you, 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 you almost feel like that old soul and you want to be like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. That's going to pass. But obviously you just want to be understanding, which of course you are. And I felt for Jay cause he was very close to his dad and I went to the funeral and the eulogy was beautiful but it was just taking me back to, you know, my own, uh, my own situation. But also, it was reminding me that because 
Because as much as I cared for Jay, it just wasn't my grief. And it, it kind of reminded me in a way of the isolation of grief, that it's your own personal journey, you know? And I knew that there was, I knew that all I could do for Jay was to listen and to give him a bit of advice, but that he had his own path to take. But I wouldn't have been aware of that powerlessness before. You know, before I would have thought that there was really something that I could do. And I, I know what I can do, but I just mean like emotionally. I mean like I would have thought that maybe I had this, uh, uh, something I could say that would reassure him. But I knew that all I really had to offer was being practical and, and identifying, you know. But I also knew that it was his journey. And I also knew that it's kind of lonely, grief. Because the truth is that while you're going through it, the rest of the world is just getting on with life. And especially after that initial bang of chaos that comes from death and funerals. And, you know, Jay had the funeral right at the beginning of the coronavirus crisis. And it was it's funny how you were all sitting in that church, like, together at Jason's dad's funeral, making jokes about that there's no sign of peace. Like, like it was like, like a bit of a laugh, you know? It's funny how things change. But, uh... Yeah, it was kind of good. It was good, I think. But it did, it actually made me sadder. It made me sadder for death because, you know, it's not that nobody cares, but in the end, like, it's just your journey. And, I, like, I think I'm a bit sad, too, because I'm not doing the show. People said to me, is it therapeutic? And I could never answer that. But now that the show has just been taken from me by this pandemic, I realize that it makes you feel connected to your mom it makes me feel connected to my mom look at me trying to separate myself from my own grief there it makes you feel separate to your mom it makes you feel separate it makes you feel it made me feel together and suddenly i didn't have that and i thought why have you taken my mother from me you know my 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 teddy bear my security blanket why have you taken my thing that's been that's been accompanying me through this journey and I found the show quite difficult. It was killing me, actually. I was crying all the time. Not on stage, but like, I'd be driving to shows and I'd be like, why am I doing this to myself? And it was so tough. But now I realize that actually, it, it, it was like, it was nice. The tears and all that was like, it, it was like a, a companionship, you know? A sense of still having a connection, a real one. And it was nice to be able to tell the story of grief, you know, in a funny but entertaining way with, with some, some genuine emotion to it. And I, I, felt, um, I felt a different type of sadness then when that was taken away. I was like, no, I'm not ready yet to let this go. And I'm not. I mean, I'm still going to do it. But obviously, as you get more distance, I think you lose that. You know, you lose the rawness, the immediacy, and then it just becomes a performance. But then again, who knows when it starts up again, probably the rawness and the immediacy will return. Anyway, that was just a whole range of emotions that went on because, you know, I saw my, I saw my aunt, uh, my Aunt Mary, who, you know, uh, it's, uh, I talk about in the show and, you know, she was there. She's my mother's sister, closest in age. She's 78, and uh, she'll be 79 very soon, actually. 
And I was talking to her from the sidewalk. She was at her door. Good distance. At least four meters. And, you know, she was just saying, like, how crazy this is. And I was like, I know. You're nearly 79 years old. 79 years on this planet. You've never had to deal with this. This is a, this is a, a once in a, a century scenario. It's not a once in a generation. Once in a century, century scenario. So I know nobody has had to sprinkle a pandemic in with their grief journey until now. I mean, certainly in the West. And none of the Asian epidemics really, I don't know if they can match this. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I wasn't there. I wasn't there for SARS, MERS. Uh, you know, you sprinkle a pandemic into your grief. And, you know, listen, it's been a year. So I don't, I get on with life pretty well. I mean, this is just a moment to reflect on the feelings. I, I wouldn't like people to think like, oh, he's trapped in grief. We're just, I'm just reflecting on it now. And just sort of, I guess, putting the context of the pandemic into how it affects this range of emotions. And there are others. <laughs> there are other pandemic emotions that kick in, like, why didn't you fucking have a family, you fucking Egypt? <laughs> but that's only half the time. The other half of the time, I'm like seeing images of people trying to entertain their kids, and I'm like, thank fuck, you know, pros and cons. But um, but no, I'm just talking about how the, the pandemic sprinkles in on my my mother's one-year anniversary of her death. Um, I mean, I've shared quite a bit about it, so, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go on about it either, you know, but, uh, but I, I have to say I'm grateful to you guys for listening and, uh, I'm, I'm grateful to have, you know, to have, um, to have had the chance. I wonder if, if any of you guys have also just got these little pangs of sadness about everything that's going on. I mean, obviously I get sad when I hear stories like family in New Jersey, they, they lose four people. One family, the mother and three daughters. Or maybe it was the dad. I'm not sure, but basically uh, a, a lot of a lot of loss. Uh, and again, that, that kind of gave me a little, little trigger this morning when I saw the, uh, when the, this woman was talking about losing her mom and then lose the sister, then the mom, and then another sister. You know, just like, having to deal with all that while not being able to have a proper funeral and you know it's so tragic and it, it is it is a little more like war than anything i've experienced i've done history all my life and you know you you think about those times you know the bombing of britain and you know the the emergency rationing um and and, and this is lighthearted we're all sheltering in place i get it it's not the same but at the same time there is a you know, there is a sense of just being forced to completely change your life overnight. And it is, it is, it is the closest to a, like sort of, sort of like a wartime emergency that I've experienced in my life. Um, and, and, and it is a weird, you know, it is, it is a weird sensation. Uh, anyway, I kind of digressed. I mean, I guess, I mean, I am driving, so it, I guess it can be hard to, uh, to stay focused God I've only been talking for 20 minutes I, I really felt like I was talking for ages But I wasn't um, I mean I might just leave it there That might just be a quickie you know So thanks for listening guys We'll be back uh, ASAP I'd say one or two days I'll probably chat with Joanne again And uh Keep that all ticking over. Then there'll be a new episode of The Shift on, on Monday night. Um, so uh, stay tuned. Give us five stars on iTunes. All the usual. Subscribe. Spread the word that we're doing loads of pods. Trying to keep people entertained. 
Thanks for being here, guys. Hope you're all doing all right in the midst of all this madness. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.